This is episode nine of Fired Up with Jake and John. Nine weeks into a podcast where we just talk about the things we like to do when we're not working, but we're talking about it here at work anyway, because that's how good barbecue is. I'm John Doman, joined alongside my buddy, Mike Chikaitis. Also known as Jake. And this week we are talking about beef. Beef, yes. It's what's for dinner. So goes the commercial however many years ago. (laughs) Yes, and beef prices are very expensive. Beef prices are going up now. And yet it's so good at our house, it's still what is for dinner because it's worth it. Yes, 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 yes. And we're going to talk about the holy grail of barbecue. The brisket. Yes. But- Let's make clear, there is so much beyond brisket Agreed. that you can throw in the smoker yes. that falls under the category of beef, and we have explored a lot of it, and it's always been really good. Oh, yeah, there's everything you got. Beef ribs, chuck roast, you can reverse sear a thick steak, which we'll, we, we'll get into. There's just so many things you can do. Some of the stuff that I've done just since last fall is so far beyond the brisket. It's been a long time since I've smoked a brisket. I'm going to fix that soon, and by the time this airs, that oh, could be rectified. Oh, same here. Same here. It's, it's, it's been at least six months since I smoked a brisket. And look, by the time this goes on the air, this could be outdated. I, I, I could be doing brisket really soon. But one of the things I've done is just so many other different cuts of meats. Some of my favorite, you know, I've done the smoked prime rib. Did that for Thanksgiving last year. You told me about that. And that was just money. I mean, that was phenomenal. I always did my prime rib in the oven until you told me about smoking. I'm like, all right, I'll give this a shot. Holy crap. (laughs) That was awesome. It does come out really well. A New York strip roast as well. Even better than the prime rib. I haven't done that. Have not done that. I've done that a couple times. It's basically, it's similar to the prime rib. It comes out leaner though. And so if, if you want oh, really? more meat to eat, I mean, it, you still get the flavor of all the steak and everything, but it's it's just a, a leaner cut w- with all this, the flavor and the smoke and everything else like that. The seasonings are all the same. Uh, so I'm a big fan of doing that as well. I, so, I've had fun with that. Tell everyone about what you recently smoked. So recently, it was I, I went to the grocery store and I was looking around just seeing, what am I going to get? And, and I looked at the brisket and I pondered it and I thought about it I said, eh, and then I saw this this good looking chuck roast. It, it was about twenty bucks less than the brisket. It was a little bit smaller. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's funny. When we were in our twenties, we would go to the grocery store and we'd be looking for for girls. And now, oh wow, look at that nice piece of meat. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're using a whole different context here for that now. But it was it was just one of those things where I was I was. It looked like it could be good. I, yeah. I kind of thought about it. I was like, you know, let, let's have some fun. So I, mm-hmm. I took the chuck roast home, smoked it about seven hours. Uh, had you know, I had seasoned it the night mm-hmm. before. Smoked it about seven hours. Had to finish it in the oven because I got the stall. I was coming out of the stall, but it was getting close <laughs> to dinner time. And I tell you what, if you want a good, good hot roast beef, you know, yeah, it's good out of the oven. <laughs> It's even better coming out of the smoker. Funny story about that. You, you sent me pictures of that, and I was in the middle of producing Drive. You sent me a text, and then it comes up on my phone, and I'm like, holy crap. And everyone's like, what? What's going on? Oh, no. It's just uh, <laughs> Doman, Doman just sent me a picture of what he's smoking. <laughs> <laughs> that, I like, that makes me feel good. It means I was on the right path. And yeah, I got similar reaction when I posted some of those pictures on social media. That, that impressed some people. And I had one friend of mine who, I guess, turned – one of those cuts into some burnt ends recently. Really? And and, and so we had, uh, he, he was regretting that decision. Not that they were bad for him, right. but that's how good it looked. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, that's how good it tasted too. Man, yeah, I mean really smoked meat. 
I mean, beef in particular. I mean, it's it's awesome. I mean, if if you haven't done it, try it. And so I, I used uh, some some locally made uh, seasoning. Well, locally put together rub that uh, I got at a, a recent. What was the base? Mostly salt and pepper. Okay. Um, and and that's what when you're doing beef, that's mostly what you want. It's going to be a salt and pepper. Yeah, some people put sugar. I'm not a big fan of putting sugar on beef. Nah, I've, I've never pulled that one off before. If I were to grill like some flank steak, you know, but as far as prime rib, you know, ribeye, New York, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that. When you're smoking beyond just brisket, because brisket prices are pretty expensive these oh, days. Oh, yes. When, when you get a good sale from a New York strip roast or a chuck roast or a, or a prime rib roast, you'll still eat for a couple of days with it, and you're going to be really happy with it. Oh, did you rest the chuck roast at all before you sliced it? I did, yeah. Had to, had to rest it for about, I think 40 minutes was as long as I got. And it came out <laughs> fine. You know, I know you're supposed to do it longer, but but sometimes spouses get impatient when they see oh, yeah. what it looks oh, yeah. like. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are we waiting for? They, the, yes. the, the concept of resting, it might make a little bit of sense, but when they're hungry, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. They don't care. Yeah, punt. Just punt and just go with it. If they like it. Victory. Oh yeah, no, believe, believe me, it was it was like the, like the referee on a, on a made field goal. Both hands were up. <laughs> it's good. It's good. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so that so that that's what I rocked with recently. I'll, I'll be putting some brisket in the smoker again sometime soon. A guy that knows a lot about doing brisket is the first guy we talked to for the show. Oh yeah, the winningest man in barbecue. Our guy Myron Mixon. We talked about how he does it and. You know, brisket takes a long time, but he doesn't believe in the low and slow method. He is not the low and slow guy here, and that's fine because we all want to eat quick. So here's what Myron Mixon had to say about how he does brisket, including a unique way uh, when it comes to to where the fat goes in yes. the smoker. Yes, I would tell everybody that's listening and watching here today, try Wagyu one time in your life. I know it's really expensive, but try it and you'll see the difference. And talk about the importance of trimming your brisket. For me, I don't do a lot of trim. I tell you why. On the back of your brisket, you got a fat cap. Mm-hmm. I always leave that intact unless I clean it up to get the burn ends here from the point. I leave the rest of that fat cap there. And the reason for that, most cookers like mine, heat comes from the bottom up. I always cook fat cap down because I want the heat to hit that fat cap and protect the top. I don't do that upside down thing, that magic thing. I've never seen the magic brisket. Do y'all believe? Well, I'm gonna ask you something. If I cook that brisket upside, do you, upside down, do you believe that fat's gonna melt and go through that brisket? Two inches of fat, do you believe it's gonna melt and go through that brisket? On the top, no. Yeah, yeah. Right. So why you do it? Okay, no, that's me. I've never heard anybody yeah. suggest doing that before. Is you're always supposed to leave the fat up, yeah. no. whether it's brisket or pork no. or whatever. Why? That's just what they say, right? <laughs> But you don't, you want the fat down because your heat on most cookers is coming from the bottom up. And I want it to hit that fat before it hits my lean. I always cook fat cap down, and fat I, cap down. And without injecting your brisket, but talk about injecting your brisket. Well, that all depends on if you got good quality meat. Mm-hmm. If you got good quality meat, you don't need to inject. And how long do you need to uh, have the brisket rest before slicing it? At least two hours, at least two, four is better. But when you're letting it rest, it ain't just laying out like this. Resting means keeping it warm. You're not at cook temp, but like these auto sham boxes, these holding boxes, you set them at 160 or you wrap it up in a blanket. Wrap the brisket up in a blanket after you got foil around it and let it rest and come down for two hours. I haven't done fat side down yet, but I think the next time 
I cook brisket, I'm going to try it fat side down. Yeah, I'll probably do the same thing. I think I did a pulled pork fat side down um, after talking oh, to him. Oh, I did do that, yes. The last time I did my pulled pork, yes, I did do fat side down, and that was perfect. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't know. Truth be told, I didn't notice anything different with it. So, Well, I just noticed that my I, the bark was was better because when you get all that fat, sometimes it, it, it the bark won't stick to it. You'll get like a little like a little bald spot like the back of my head, you know? Well, so. an, another guy that does it fat side down is Big Kyle. Oh, yeah. Big Kyle, yeah, he believes in fat side down. He believes in fat side down, but where he disagrees with Myron is he likes it the low and slow method. Yeah, and Big Kyle is part of Big Kyle's Barbecue in Leesburg. Yeah, he, you'll see him at some farmer's markets around Northern Virginia as well. We talked to him about how he does his brisket. Again, he, he's a fat side down kind of guy, but we kind of got- <laughs> his, his brisket was awesome. My goodness. I can he, still taste he, it. He cuts it nice and thin. We got we got a lot of good depth with him about how he does it and, and just sort of what he believes is the right way. Again, you know, yeah. there's no one right way to do it, but, but his way of doing it, we kind of let him go into detail with us about- just, just the way he does to get it right. Yeah, and he, and he showed us uh, his pit. He had briskets on the pit. And, oh, that pit. I don't think uh, we can justify that expense in our household. You know, <laughs> that was he told it was pretty pricey. But that that pit was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, if this podcast ever blew up and, and made <laughs> yes. some of the money that some of the other guys make with their possibly, yeah. but uh, – you know, when you when you when you're able to put a thousand pounds or however much meat in there at one time, that's that's not something we're pulling off. Oh yeah, he can also fit a whole hog in there. Right. Yeah. We can't do that. Not with our mm. little. Not even. Not even my charcoal is going to fit a whole hog. Oh no, you can't. No, you can't. In my smoker, I have to like bow my brisket. Okay. <laughs> so. so here's what Big Kyle has to say about his brisket. Hopefully, you'll learn a little bit talking to him about it. Favorite thing to cook is brisket uh, because it takes the most skill, and you have. A short window of when it's good and when it's bad, you know, and that all comes with learning the temperatures and, you know, that sort of thing. So, so, so just being able to show off a little bit is, is part much. of the allure. It's it's a little bit gratifying when you when you have a customer say, hey, that's the, you know, I'm from Texas and that's some of the best brisket I've ever had. How do you do your brisket? I First of all, I trim it, and I don't trim it as much because um, people, one of the biggest mistakes, and I tell my guys, the biggest mistake you can make uh, with trimming a brisket is trimming too much off. You need that fat, you know, to render down into the meat and keep it moisture. So um, I trim it, I rub it, I stick it in the smoker, and I keep the temperature. My my new smoker keeps it pretty uh, steady. What temperature? But, uh, I do it at about 190, 200. Really? How long? For about, well, it depends on the size of it, of mm-hmm. course, but normally about seven to nine hours. Really? And if you have a huge brisket, you might yeah. go 12 hours. Wow, at 190 degrees? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It, it cooks all the way through like that, because I think a lot, a lot of hacks like us who kind of do this just for fun, you know, we're going to sit there and see a temperature that low and, and think that it's going to take a day and a half to get yeah. it like that. It doesn't take a day and a yeah, half. We, yeah, I mean, I cooked the brisket at uh, like 250 and it's taking me like 10 hours to get it done. Well, like I say, it depends on what smoke you have. Now, with my stick burner, mm-hmm. it takes way longer because it's not insulated. And that's what I've okay. used to been cooking on for, for a while. And now that I have the Southern Pride Rotisserie, everything is so insulated that, that that heat stays right in there. So you can go to 190 once it gets enough smoke in the meat. Because after two or three hours, it doesn't take any more smoke. So mm-hmm. I wrap it. 
and butcher paper, and then I turn the heat up to about 225. Okay. You know, but I like to let it low smoke first, and then turn the heat up to 225, and then it'll cook for probably six to seven hours after that. And are you fat side up or fat side down? I'm fat side down. People have also <laughs> different notions about that. I like the fat side down. How come? Because it gets a better bark on the meat because, if, you know, you don't have any fat on the top. It just mm-hmm. has a rub, so that gets a bark. If you flip it upside down, you get less bark on the, on the meat side of the brisket for me. Uh, now, with my rotisserie, I have a lot of other meat on it, so it turns and all those juices from the other meats are pouring onto each other. Oh. Okay. So that gives it a lot of moisture, too. Now, I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of the professionals talk about the need for having butcher paper and, and how they always wrap everything with butcher paper. Mm-hmm. But you don't really see butcher paper at the grocery store or whatever. It's not like you have to special order it online or whatever to get it. Mm-hmm. Why, why is it so much better to use butcher paper than foil? Because foil steams it and it speeds up the cooking process. The butcher paper is going to let some of the steam out of it and contain the juices at the same time. Some people use parchment paper. I don't like that as well. I'm not so sure what that does. I just, I've just seen it online myself. I've never used it because what I was told and what was taught to me is to always use butcher paper. And I know what foil does because I use foil for other things, but it does contain a lot of heat. So what are you using your rub for your brisket? Mostly salt and pepper, garlic, uh, a little cayenne, a little uh, garlic, uh, mustard, but heavy salt and pepper. Can you over-season the brisket? Um, well, like I say, it depends on, I have customers that like a really thick bark. And if you over-season it, it kind of tastes like a pastrami type coating, that heavy salt mm-hmm. and pepper. So I don't over-season it. Um, I don't think it's bad if you do. You just get a better bark. And what kind of wood do you use? I use, pr- primarily I use oak because it's so plentiful and it burns so slow and it, it, it just works for us. But when I get apple, I love apple. I love cherry. I get a lot of cherry. I do not use uh, hickory or mesquite. I use all fruit woods. Uh, what internal temperature do you pull your brisket off the pit? I pull it off at about 185 to 190. And then it's still, because it's wrapped, mm-hmm. and I put it in the cooler, and I let it rest overnight, and it keeps cooking for a little while, you know, in oh, that wow. cooler. Oh, wow. Okay, so you let, it, you let it rest overnight. I let it rest overnight, and all those juices just go right back up in there, and, you know, either I put them on the line or then I, you know, refrigerate them if I have to, but usually they go that day. Now, the flip side to the fat side down argument is Fernando Gonzalez. He is a yeah, he, fat he, side. Yeah, he believes in fat side up. So... And he's the guy that, look, his, his brisket, you know. Oh, his brisket was awesome. I mean, really. It, God, I need some brisket now. So <laughs> we, we, we spend a lot of time saying that there's no one right way to do it. But if, if I'm going to sit there and follow somebody word for word their recipe, kind of take them as, as gospel how they do it, he might be the one that I do that with. Yeah, because, Myron, I haven't done the the hot and fast approach. I'm afraid because, you know, brisket, meat prices are expensive. It's an expensive mistake if it doesn't come out, you know, you know, the way you want it. Um, but I think I'm going to do my brisket fat side down next time just to try it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it fat side down, but I'll mess with the seasoning. I'm going to watch that thermometer like a hawk, make sure yes. it gets to that perfect temperature, and uh, 
let's listen and we'll see how Fernando does it because, again, anything else that he says about brisket, you're probably going to want to pay attention to. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really good. Really, really good. Fat side up, my friend. <laughs> Fat side up. Fat side up. Why? Because um, for our smokers, they, they tend to develop a great bark on top of the brisket. And the uh, fat side up kind of protects the meats first. You know, they'll be at the smoker at 250, 275 degrees for a long time. So you really need to be able to protect the meat. And then once you develop that bark you were looking for, and once you're slicing up that meat, that brisket, it's more enjoyable, you know, from our personal experience to have that nice little render, fully rendered cap, fat cap on top and then you'll be able to enjoy it more. It's our, our approach. What else do you do for, for the right flavor for your brisket? Salt and pepper, it's really what we use for seasoning. Um, I would say you really need to start with the high quality meat. That's kind of where everything starts. But if you are still learning how to do some stuff, I, I wouldn't recommend. Probably try with ribs, try it with pork butt, and you're just looking for a certain color then wrap, and then once you wrap something, you can either monitor the internal temperature or you can either probe it to tender, and you'll be able to produce to pull out some great barbecue, uh, even though you're not, you're not an expert per se. It depends on what quality you're you cooking. I would say if you're cooking a, a choice or, or prime brisket, upper choice or prime brisket, I would say keep it slow for, for the first five, six hours. Um, if you're using a backyard uh, stick burner, keep it really slow, 225 maybe. And then uh, once you have the bark settled where you want it to be, then you wrap and then you're targeting, you know, it's gonna be ready in average above 200 degrees. But that's really when, when, when everything starts to play. You know, you're looking for filling, you're looking for um, a certain tenderness on the flat, for example. If the flat is tender enough, most likely your point is going to be tender too. Because you have a lot of fat being rendered on the point, even though it's, it's more dense, it's, it's, it's bigger. But the real secret in the brisket, I think for me, it's the flat. Now. Sometimes you can get the flat and the point separated, and the meat or the, the butcher will the, the, the butcher will, will sell you or these grocery stores or these meat market shops they will sell you separately the flat and the point. So it, it, it will depend on that. But if you're cooking a whole packer like the point and the flat, then that's my recommendation. Be, be ready to to have the feeling of it, especially on the flat. And if you have a pro then look for that tenderness, that butter, melted butter feeling on it, you know? And once you're feeling it, then it's ready to, to, be, to be out of the smoker. It's ready to pull up. Do you have your brisket? I don't, and uh, I mean, do you uh, let it rest? Yes. How yes. long? Uh, I will tell you it's a long rest. It's a long rest. Keep in mind, we receive briskets anywhere from nine pounders to up to 20 pounders. So everything is related to the initial weight and that will kind of lead you through the final resting time. It's not the same resting a nine pounder versus a 20 pounder. Um, 
it's a long, long rest. I usually finish the cooks really late at night and I have another guy coming really early in the morning, transferring everything ready to service. So you're talking about easily eight hours there. All right, so I guess just to make clear, look, when, when you're starting it off, you know, you get it trimmed kind of just the way you want it, just throw a whole bunch of salt and pepper on it. You don't have to make it complicated. Right. No, salt and pepper is, is, the, ba- is the base for a good brisket. Uh, you can also add some other things. Like I add a little bit of uh, garlic powder, maybe some uh, Montreal steak seasoning. Yep, that's great. I'm, I'm a big fan of when I'm cooking with beef using a, a red wine salt. Yeah, you told me about that. You know, I kept I keep saying, "Oh yeah, I'm going I'm going to try it." I still haven't done it yet. Com- comes great on on steak and in some of the thicker cuts of beef that you're going to want to use. You know, you're not going to mess with that with burgers, but if you're right. doing a, a good cut of steak either on the grill or you know some kind of roast in the smoker, it it does add a nice little extra oomph to to what you're looking oh, for. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, for all this talk about brisket, something you've probably made more of in recent weeks, recent months, has been has oh, been beef ribs. Beef ribs, and I'm talking those big dinosaur ribs. And you can go to the grocery store, and it, usually they're, they're they're chopped up. But if you get to know your butcher, they'll sell you the whole plate. And I'm telling you, they're phenomenal, and it, they're really not hard. How do you do it? Okay, well, actually, I used um, Aaron Franklin, who's a famous pit master in Texas. I I uh, went to YouTube and and uh, used his method. And it's it's you know salt pepper, maybe a little bit of Montreal steak seasoning, put it in the um, smoker for uh, about f- uh, five, four or five hours, wrap it, put it in for another uh, couple hours till it. Now temperature, yes, you want it to like one ninety or two hundred, but if you stick it in the meat like a, um, a thermometer and it's like sticking a knife into uh, butter, then it's done, and then. But of course, rest your meat. Rest it for at, beef ribs for at least not as long as brisket because they say up to two hours, but maybe like uh, 40, 45 minutes, and it's just phenomenal, phenomenal. And then you get and it's great. You have this big dinosaur rib. I mean, it's about the size uh, of maybe Shaq sneaker, you know, <laughs> kind of like a, a mini brontosaurus almost. Oh yeah, yeah. It's Feel a, a little bit like Fred Flintstone back yeah, in the yeah, day. Yeah, you got to try that. Get, I mean. Yeah, just you know, you go to the butcher shop. Just ask me, hey, do you have a whole plate of short ribs? And you know, they may give it to you. I mean, they, they may not, but I've never been turned down. All right, so that's good to know. Another method that you've uh, had a lot of success with recently is the reverse, reverse searing on the steak. Yeah, and and what that means is usually when people grill just a steak, they they grill up to six hundred degrees and they start put it right over the fire, right over the fire. But the tastes re- delicious. Yeah, it's Why good. would you want to do something different? Good flavor. I mean, the smoked flavor is just phenomenal. You love that setup. And it's something that we talked about with our guy, Stephen Reichlin. He's the host of Project Smoke on PBS. He's got several books out. Uh, one of his Coke books is something I have on my shelf called oh, Project Smoke. You know, I saw his PBS show uh, the other night, and he did grilled tofu. <laughs> it looked pretty damn good. Yeah, he, he puts <laughs> oh my goodness. everything on a grill yes. and in a smoker. Uh, his new book that came out this summer is how to how to grill veggies, and that's a, a topic we're going to touch on later on. But we asked him about the reverse sear method because, like I said, when it comes to cooking with with fire with heat, any way you could possibly imagine, he has done it. He has written about it. So we asked him about the reverse sear. Reverse searing is uh, designed really for big thick steaks. I would say you know two to four inches thick. 
And in a nutshell, what you do is you set up your grill for indirect grilling. Uh, you bring the temperature way down and you, in a sense, you hot smoke your steak uh, to bring it to about a uh, hundred degree internal temperature. Okay. So again, coals on the sides, meat in the center, wood chunks working at a low heat. Uh, and then what you do right before serving is you crank the heat up to your normal high heat uh, direct grilling style and you finish the steak by direct grilling. Now the advantage of reverse searing, one, if you're working with a four inch thick steak, it's very difficult to direct grill that without burning the outside while cooking the center uh, through. Second, because you're in, in an indirect grilling setup, it's very easy to put wood chunks or chips on the coals and smoke the meat as well as grill it. It adds an extra dimension of flavor. Gives you a lot more control because you can bring your meat up to 100 degrees, let it rest for a while, and then just finish it off at the grill at the last minute. And when you look at a cross section of a reverse seared steak, you'll see that color is much more, the doneness is much more uniform. You know, if you think about a thick steak that you cook, uh, you direct grill, you've got sort of char on the outside, then you got a thin layer of gray, and then it maybe sort of grays down to pink and pink, and then you've got a you know, blood red bullseye in the center. In reverse searing, it's a much more even process. Now, going back to the reverse sear that uh, you pulled off the other day, how did you do it and what did you like about it? All right. Well, I put it in the smoker for about a good hour, and I cranked the heat up. I had it like at 250. And, but if you wanted to wait a little longer, if you, you know, smoke it at 225, you probably have to do it for like, you know, about an hour and a half, but internal temperature is important. So if you want medium, medium rare, you got to look at, you know, 125, you know, yeah, about 120, 125 degrees. Then you pull it and then you put on a nice hot grill, grill on, on each side for about a minute, minute and a half each side. And then you can just eat it right then and there. And it, the thing is, you get that nice smoky flavor, almost just like when you're smoking your prime rib or your chuck roast, you get that flavor and you still have that medium or medium rare or however you know you want your steak i mean heck if you want to eat well done hey go for it i mean no judgment here hey in the end as long as it tastes good we're not going to judge you whether you like yours your steak rare or well done or anywhere in between yeah. we're, we're just here to eat good and, and yeah. that's going to be whatever's eating good for you is going to be good for us oh one, oh, one big thing um when you when you do the reverse your method your steak has to be at least an inch and a half because, you know, if it's really thin, then you, it's not worth it. You just throw it on the grill. But it has to be at least a, a nice thick steak, at least an inch and a half. No no thin-cut T-bone steaks going in there, no, guys. No, 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 Because you'll just, you'll have, you have an expensive beef jerky. I mean, that's, what, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. All right. Well, hopefully this foray into beef will uh, get you excited for uh, the upcoming weekend and, and get you going to the grocery store and looking for something good as well. Because, like we've said, there are a lot of options out there. The, uh, the prime rib roast, the New York strip roast, I mean, that's only yes. going to take you three hours to do yeah. in the smoker. You rest it a little bit, and you're going to eat well. If you want to do brisket or, or beef ribs, you go a little bit longer. Uh, however much time you need, you know, make that make that decision. Yeah, 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 and beef ribs, when you get the plate, it's it's not it's, – it's really simple to do. I mean, just it, it doesn't take a long time. You're not going to have to wait all day. I mean, it's – yeah, you can get it done in six hours. So just decide what you're going to buy based on how much time you have to sit in the smoker, sit on your deck. And, or what's on sale, what meat prices yeah, nowadays. Yeah, what, what's on sale, how, how many beers you have to kill between <laughs> yes. when you yeah. start. There's a lot of things to consider, but just just go ahead and do it. 
Get yourself some beef this weekend. Beef. It's what's for dinner. Oh, yes. And so what is your tip of the week? So what I found, if, if you're smoking something big, it's going to be a little bit messy sometimes. I mean, all that juice coming out of the pulled pork or out of the brisket, it's got to go somewhere. Don't want it dripping all over the smoker. Yeah, you don't yeah, want it dripping out of the bottom. Yeah, the only downside to a uh, barbecue is, is the cleanup. <laughs> yeah, the, the cleanup is is less fun. Um, I, I've gone to Costco and just bought a bunch of those foil pans. That, you know, the stuff that you can throw in the oven for a roast or whatever else. Works great. You put a little water inside of it. That, that's your new water tray. And it's going to catch, it's not going to catch everything, but it's going to catch a lot of what's going to drip out. Um, depending on how you use it, you might be able to get a um, an, an oju out of it if you got the right cut of beef in there with it, too. Oh, but brisket, yes. yes. Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of utilities, a lot of good reasons to put that foil, tray, uh, foil pan in there. You can get them pretty cheap at Costco, and it, it saved me some hassle. Yeah, oh. But uh, test it. Put some water in there first. Make sure there's no hole. Because if there's a hole and you open up that smoker, you're like, where did it go? Yeah, where's the juice? <laughs> and, and you know, don't don't limit yourself to water. You can use apple juice. You can use beer. You can yeah. use apple. There's there's all different things you can use. You know, I haven't done beer. Yeah, and, and I've done um, hard cider with with some pulled pork as well. Oh wow, apple hard. juice. Yeah, there, there's there's different things you can do. And when you know, we've got that big foil pan, you don't have to worry about spilling it over, and it's going to catch most of that stuff. It's, it's going to be a big asset to, to what you're doing. Good call. Hard cider. I'm going to try that. Absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, your grocery store is going to thank you for listening. Yes, yes. Yes, uh, it your, will. Your, your yes. freezer will thank you. Your spouse, yeah. not so much initially, no. but later on. Later. Once the food's done. Once the food is done, yes. your spouse will thank you as well for listening yes. and attempting some of this stuff. So <laughs> yes. yes. This yes, is yes. another episode of Fired Up with Jake and John. I'm John Doman. I'm Jake. Mike Jakaitis. Happy smoking.